Welcome to the Royal Central podcast from royalcentral.co.uk. I'm Lydia Starbuck, desk editor. I'm Monique Bluffs, the assistant editor. And I'm Brittany Barger, the deputy editor. So we've got loads to talk about this week and lots of it really happy because the last few weeks some of our stuff has been quite sombre and hard hitting. But we're going to start with one of the most interesting things I think we've covered all summer, which was the interview that Princess Madeleine gave to a magazine in Sweden in which she made some quite no surprising revelations, Brittany. I was surprised by them. Yeah, she revealed in the magazine Mama um, that she was actually having contractions during her brother Prince Carl Philip's wedding to um, Sophia Hilkvist, now Princess Sophia. Two days later, Prince Nicholas was born. So it, she looked uncomfortable at that wedding, and we, but we never. I mean, I never would have thought that, you know, she was having contractions. She was a strong woman. She was having contractions all day and was already three centimeters dilated. Um, and so she says she just kept, you know, hoping, please don't let my water break. Please don't let my water break in the middle of the ceremony. And then um, a member of the court later did uh, said after the interview was released that they had things in place. If she went into labor right after the wedding, in the wedding, reception so they, they had something there um, That's good, at least. I, yeah I, I wonder if um because madeline was born in dropping home palace and then uh car philip was born in stockholm palace so and on those both occasions they had an ambulance waiting that way they needed to get to the hospital so i wonder if they had like an ambulance tucked away somewhere Probably. You would, and you wouldn't notice either because it was a big event, wasn't it? So you would have expected to see a load of emergency services kind of hanging around because that's the kind of thing you get on a day like a royal wedding. Yeah. Obviously, there's a higher police presence. You have first aiders on hand. You do have things like ambulances waiting around in case anything happens because there's so many people there. Yeah. So all the clues may have been there, but we just didn't notice because, like you say, she did look she did look uncomfortable on the wedding day, but we knew she was about to have a baby. We just weren't aware of how imminent <laughs> it was she did put on a good show yeah she did and I think um if if you watch the wedding and everything you know Leonora was just just a year old at the time and so Crown Princess Victoria so Leonora's aunt and godmother was was seen you know helping out with Leonore and so was Prince Daniel Prince Daniel was the one really holding Leonore and keeping her calm he's like the baby whisperer or something <laughs> um and Madeline actually did reveal that Daniel was a huge help because yeah he helped take care of Leonore but during the reception she was sat beside him so he had helped distract her when her contractions would come during the, the reception the thing is with that there had been so many rumors that she did not like Sophia and so she really had to struggle to keep a straight face and everything going through that pain because she didn't want to have a facial expression, get caught by the world's media and be like, Madeline, not happy that her brother married Sophia and all this stuff. Those are just rumors. They seem to get along great. So she was just obviously worried in that sense because she didn't want that to be the news article. But she also did say that all three of her children were surprises. So they were not planned ahead. But she really, she shared her interesting story um, when she found out she was pre pregnant with Prince Princess Adrian because she, she was born in 2018. So... Um, for Chris's, and if you don't know Chris's, Madeline's husband, um, Chris O'Neill's birthday, um, she got him a card that said, congratulations on the new family member. <laughs> and um, he, he like freaked out and was like, what? No, are you pregnant? She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> not not again. Birthday. <laughs> and um, two weeks later, she found out she was pregnant. 
and the dog had to be put, put on hold. It is interesting because like you were saying, there, there were loads of rumours about how Madeline and how Victoria and how everyone got on with Sophia ahead of the wedding. And there's, it just shows how much of royal watching and royal commentary is actually just based on supposition. People look at the royal wedding, there's Madeline looking slightly uncomfortable. Oh, she must absolutely loathe her new sister-in-law. She's furious the wedding's even going ahead. Is she angry about, you know, tiaras, dresses, whatever? And actually, she's, she's just in agony on an intermittent basis as, you know... Oh, I hate those articles. Yeah. <laughs> like the body language experts and the, oh, horrible. You're a body language expert, but I'm sorry. The way she's got her hands does not mean that she's annoyed. I don't agree with those. I don't buy it, no. It's based on like one photograph. So people will take one photograph and analyze it. So you get a photograph of Madeline sat in a great big ball gown with a tiara on her head, squished against a table while very, very pregnant, looking grumpy. And you'll take that one photograph and make it the basis of a whole theory. Mm. Whereas actually, if you even sit and watch two or three minutes of video and see people interacting, you get a completely different interpretation. And it kind of shows to a certain extent how exposed the royals are, isn't it? Because everyone's turning them into what they want them to be without necessarily looking at the whole picture. Just think about what they wrote after uh, Zara at Harry and Meghan's wedding, because she was looking so uncomfortable. And she later revealed that she just had... Yeah, she was being kicked all the time, so... Yeah, she know. was near the end of a pregnancy with yeah. with, um, with Lena, who was a big baby. Yeah. And, yeah, was a very active baby. And, again, she was extremely uncomfortable. But, like you say, one image is taken to represent yeah. something completely different. It's almost like you're looking to prove a point and then you, you get the photograph to kind of do it for you. Remember with Zara at the wedding, there's a photo we all saw where Mike had his hand on her stomach. So now we know that was with picking. And then I thought it was hilarious here in the US when I was watching um, when the preacher was, you know, talking about love, the American preacher and her facial expression when they flashed over to her, her mouth was holding, you know, wide (laughs) open. I don't know if that was the kick, a kick, you know, that was causing the reaction or maybe that was just oh, wow, American preachers are so different than the UK, which is entirely possible. But I was watching it, obviously, with a bunch of Americans, and we all just burst into laughter. We're like, oh, I'm meeting American preachers. Yeah, I mean, that's it. It could be anything, couldn't it? But we kind of, we put our own interpretation on it. And I suppose as long as you just know it's an interpretation, that's one thing. It's when it's kind of spoken as being the absolute truth with no questions around it it becomes problematic. But it's interesting that Madeline's been in a position to put her side of the story because that's quite unusual as well, isn't it? It's it's a big interview. It's like, like, it's a a couple of dozen pages, isn't it, this interview in Mama magazine? And Madeline doesn't give a a whole lot of interviews to begin with. You know, she's very private, lives in Florida. You know, she's more of the private princess. She's not a working royal. So when there is an interview with her, people pay attention because she doesn't give them that often. And really, the Swedish royals don't give that many interviews. When Crown Princess Victoria turned 40 a few years ago, she did give out, you know, a couple of interviews to mark that. But we don't hear from Madeline all that much. We'll see her post on Instagram or Facebook, but we don't see her doing as many engagements because, like I said, she's not a working royal. Um, and a lot of the stuff she does is behind the scenes. So, you know, there are no photographers in the media even aware of what's going on, but she's she's working. Um And I think just because she doesn't give interviews and is not seen as much, when she does give one like this to Mama magazine, you know, everybody pays attention because they want to hear from her. And she's given us some really interesting stuff. I mean, that is it is kind of fascinating, isn't it, to think of her kind of 
going through the early stages of her labour in the middle of a royal wedding with half the world watching. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and the Swedes have always been very very open with their kids and their reactions and how they interact with the people and everything. So it fits interest to the Swedish model that she opened up and said something. Should we stick with some of the more open monarchies and come to your neck of the woods, Mo, because it's been a really busy week for royalty in the Netherlands, hasn't it? You've had loads of high-profile events. I think one yes. was just outside your door, wasn't it? You were literally... Uh, the the planes were flying over, yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they spent the entire day practising for the commemorations, I guess, and there were just army planes flying over quite low as well, so... It was really uh, rather interesting. Yeah, yeah. So you, you just had the Prince of Wales um, over for commemorations for yeah. the, the Battle of Arnhem, um, and that came a few days after one of the big showpiece events of the Dutch Royal Year. I'm going to let you say the name of it because um, <laughs> I can't. The main event, of course, this week was Prinsjesdag, or, or translated Prince's Day, if you will. It's basically the opening of Parliament. It was lovely. They arrive in a big class coach, and of course, Maxima was looking fabulous. Uh, Bullum Alexander began his speech with a reference to Operation Market Garden, saying, uh, hope for a better future, literally fell from the heavens. That was really lovely. And of course, tied in with uh, the rest of the week, because we're just now finishing up the commemorations. I believe the... Uh, ceremony at the cemetery in uh, Osterbeek just finished up so and has it been well received yes from what I've read from the local media it's been completely traffic at a standstill just people trying to get in and not being able to I believe the um where Prince Charles was there were over a hundred thousand people watching that's amazing that's massive that's massive yeah we had just 1500 parachutists from all over the world, from the US as well, and, and some veterans as well. I believe the eldest was 97, and he jumped in tandem with another uh, parachutist. I, I believe he promised to come back again next year, and at least until he's 101, because he served in the 101st Airborne. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yeah. We're at one of the commemorations yeah. and covered it. Yeah, I uh, I went to the one on Friday night. There was um, it's basically the Airborne Square that's at the foot of the famous bridge too far. And there was a replaying with Princess Marguerite and her husband and our mayor. Uh, they completely closed down the square. It's a very busy square, so pedestrians could watch. And it was amazing. Yeah, they played the Polish anthem and the British anthem and the Dutch national anthem. It was just packed with people. It was insane. It's really nice to see how we're still doing it. So many members of the Dutch royal family are there to show their support. And the Prince of Wales was there to give his support as well. It's rather, it's rather lovely, really. And both the Dutch, the Dutch and the British... Well, families both have, you know, interesting connections to the World War II. Obviously, you know, mm -hmm. King George yeah. VI, Queen, they refused to leave London and everything. And then you had with the Dutch, Princess Marguerite was even born in Canada because they yeah. had Nazi occupation. So yeah, and it's, Queen it's, Wilhelmina, who of course fled to, well, fled. She didn't want to, but she went to London and broadcasted her Radio Orange there mm -hmm. to the uh, resistance. And it's an interesting relationship. Yeah, still is. It is, and, and an interesting history. Lots of it's still to be written because obviously a lot of it is still kept in documents that haven't been released yet. But as you said, yeah. I mean, George VI became a kind of almost legendary figure within Britain because of his, his actions during World War II. And my dad, who is now 81, still speaks of yeah. remembering with absolute clarity the day George VI died. He was 13 years old and they all got called into the assembly hall and 
their head teacher stood up and told them the king had died and he said he can still remember everyone's faces because it was such a big moment they mm. he was such a big figure to all the people that had lived through world yeah. war Two. my dad lived in the east end of london all the way through world war Two. so they said when when that moment happened it's kind of seared in everyone's memories because to yeah, them so young such and made oh he was only 56 and he was no yeah. age at all he was and he looked so much older because of the impact it had on his health so it's kind of yeah it, it is it's it it feels like a world away doesn't it for us we you know they're they're history figures but for a lot of people who are still around like the veterans that's that's their image of royalty isn't it yeah definitely and that makes that makes a difference and it's kind of it's interesting because I know true royalty our partners at the moment have got a couple of new series on one of which looks at the Windsors during conflict all kinds of conflict but it does start off looking at how King George VI and and the woman who is now the Queen lived through World War Two. and they actually also focus on there's two episodes one is Windsors at War and the other one is I do until we are through. And so they, they focus on, on you know, different things um, in each. But with the Windsors at War, various things uh, that's discussed, including um, the bond between William and Harry. And one big thing they focus on is uh, Prince Charles's uh, plan to, to slim down the monarchy, which caused some issues during the Queen's Diamond Jubilee because he planned a photo with only five members of the family. and most of the family was that were going to be left out weren't too happy. They're also going to explore how each generation of the monarchy reflects our changing society. So a big thing they did with that is going back to World War II and everything. King George VI is his older brother, of King course. Edward, who uh, you know he was on the throne. He fell in love with an American divorcee, Wallace Simpson, from Pennsylvania. He, he loved her. He wanted to marry her and she was divorced that was a big no-no and so he abdicated you know to marry the love of his life and then they're comparing that with you know 2018 harry is marrying you know an american actress divorcee um megan markle things were so different divorce you know is is more common now and so both programs they're new it's an exclusive talk show type thing uh, program for true royalty it's in its second season. You can go to our website, uh, royalcentral.co.uk. Go to the article, and we have a little promo code button, and you can click there and get a discount for joining. So um, you will see True Royalty in the U.S., Canada, U.K., Ireland, New Zealand, and Australia. So go to our website, and you can get the get the code and sign up so you don't miss all the episodes of The Royal View and all the many other um, documentaries and movies and stuff that they have. The big story coming up over the next week or so is our first major royal tour of the autumn. There's lots of tours, lots of state visits coming up, and they'll all be covered on royalcentral.co.uk. But kind of kicking us off for this autumn season, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex going to four countries in Southern Africa for a 10-day visit, their first tour as a family. How different does this tour feel to others that have gone before? This is the third or fourth big tour that the Sussexes have done since they got married. They went to the Republic of Ireland, didn't they? Australia and New Zealand and some of the countries in the Pacific region. They went to Morocco in February. But they're kind of putting their own stamp on tours, aren't they? There's a lot of focus on issues that are important to them and structuring the tour around that. Is that the way forward? I think so, because they're focusing on the things that they're really passionate about. And that way they're not they're not just there to, you know, cut ribbons and shake hands. You know, they're really invested in what they believe in. So, you know, women's empowerment, education and everything, the environment, conservation um, and obviously landmines. I think it's important to 
to really narrow down what your focus is on. And that way you can give more time to those organizations and you're not kind of spread thin. He will walk down the same stretch of land that Diana walked down so famously at the beginning of 1997 when she put landmines on the global agenda with her support for programs to clear them. That's going to be really emotional, isn't it? That was a big moment for Diana. And then obviously Harry has spoken so much about how much he misses his mom and um, the issues he had, you know, after her death and, and so, you know, this is one one way that Harry gets to show a memorial to his beloved mother and, and it shows the world, you know, that what she did, it, it had an impact and it helped. And so, you know, but it will be definitely emotional. Um, he'll keep it, you know, stiff upper lip. But I know if it was me, I would be probably crying after the fact. The Sussexes are going to be in Southern Africa and then in October and I think we, we, we may have the dates confirmed though I've not seen them um, completely confirmed. Okay, yeah, the 14th until the 18th? It's the 14th to 18th of October yeah. I think is being mentioned. Yeah. They're going to Pakistan which is going to be another very high profile visit. Yeah. Quite a political situation for them to go into as well. So it's interesting that the tours are, that the younger generation are taking on now seem to have a lot more substance. I honestly had wondered um, if this tour would even be able to go on if, if things got more dicey between India and Pakistan. So it, as the generations change, you know, I don't want to say that they're braver, but they're more willing to break away from the norm and be a little controversial for causes and um, charities that are close to their heart and important to them that they think are really going to make a lasting impact across across the globe. Yeah, so we've got the Sussexes and there'll be plenty of coverage in the coming days on royalcentral.co.uk plus more confirmation of details of William and Kate's trip to Pakistan and then of course the Dutch King and Queen and the Belgian King and Queen have got state visits coming up soon as well so there is lot of interaction between the nations to keep us busy. Should be fun, can't wait to see the big hats. <laughs> so we've got a busy autumn and it does feel now doesn't it just to kind of wrap things up for this week it does feel now that the royal season is back up and we are back in business we are back in business and it's going to be busy yeah. next month everybody will be going over to tokyo for the enthronement ceremony um the article that we have up on our site now um does have some confirmation of the uh, royals attending um so go check that out we now know i got in contact with the danish royal court so we now know who's going to represent denmark so go to the article on our website royalcentral.co.uk and you will find out who that is but we'll say goodbye for now another podcast next week um so thank you to everyone for listening and bye-bye bye-bye thank you